0: It is Friday, February 3. Good morning, all. The Big Sports Breakfast Sky Sports Radio. If you're just tuning in, a few people asking, what happened to Ali Mosley's tips? Well, they're coming up. So she moved times this morning. She's on just after the 7.30 news. And uh, we've solved some problems in here in the news break. Uh, we're officially idiots. Uh, Australian, so for the Big Sports Breakfast lunch, Friday, February 24, to get your tickets... You can actually access it on the homepage, Clarky.
1: Okay, that's awesome. On the
0: homepage, australian au, and just scroll across it. The the first thing that comes up, if you just, there's an arrow on the right hand side, you can scroll across all the events there on the ATC's website, and there it is the big sports breakfast lunch to get your tickets. And, uh, well, as far as guests are concerned, it's still being finalised, but uh, some really good guests look like they're about to be locked in for the day. Uh, so looking forward to it in less than a month's time. There'll be a footy panel, I'm sure, a racing panel, and uh, a couple of others as well. So uh, looking forward to it. Now, last night we saw the Sydney Sixers beat uh, – sorry, beat. They got beaten by the Brisbane Heat in a shock. Clarkie, What happened? So uh, 9 for 116, the Sixers, beaten by the Heat, 6 for 117. Michael Mm. Nieser, 48 not out. He came uh, in with the Heat in a bit of trouble after they lost 5 for 25. And uh, at that point were 5 for 56 after 10 overs, chasing that modest target. But then Nieser, after he took two wickets with the ball and bowled pretty economically as well, 48 not out, steered them home.
1: Yeah, brilliant, uh, Michael Nieser. Uh, He's been great for, for Queensland not only the Heat, but Queensland in general over the last few years. And can't be far away from a, a full-time opportunity with this Aussie team. Um, doing it with the bat, doing it with the ball. Uh, Brisbane Heat, good. Sydney Six is not great. Tough batting wicket, though, I've got to say. So probably didn't make enough runs. But they'll in the position to still win the game. I think Queensland, were, oh, the Heat were 5 for 50. Yeah. If I'm not five mistaken. For so that's an opportunity there. But um, big win for the Heat. They... I think the start of January, I reckon they'll in last place. So what an amazing turnaround. Now they're in the final against the Scorchers. So what under them, Uh, all the coaching staff, all the players, again, lost four big players, Kawaja, Labashane, Swepson, and Renshaw, out of their team, and beat the Sixers in their own backyard. So huge win, bring on the final. Saturday night, final in Perth. Scorchers tough to beat, I reckon.
0: Then they're short. They're short with the tab as you'd expect uh, to win another title in the Big Bash. They're $1.36 and the Heat $3.15 to cause a shock there on Saturday night. Now Loz, first up from a spell with the multi, uh, needed the run. And now second up, he's uh, had a good gallop this week. So what have you got for us? Uh, This
2: is what we're doing, we're going Ramwick tomorrow. So it's two races. The first race will be race six, number two, Solcombe, to run top two. The J Mac Wallet combination, and in race ten, we're going to the Hawk Stable, and we're going to back number nine, Strong Bali, to run top four. And if that happens, Mido, you will get six dollars.
0: Six dollars. Tab app, tab website, click on Sport and today's offers. Adam Pengilly from the Sydney Morning Herald joining us. G'day,
3: Adam. Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. I can just see Michael Munro coming out of retirement for this lunch, Clarky. Just for you, I reckon. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm in for a bit of stick, buddy. I'm the 24th. <laughs>
1: Bring it on. I'm hard to go past these two. I don't think these two will miss me. They never have so far. I don't think the Mate. 24th they will All either. All right. Well, I'm going to put it on you. If you had to
2: pick a journo to grill Clarkie... Oh, yeah. Who would you go to? Who would you go to, Adam?
3: Oh, good question. Anyway, who would, who would go... There's not one that hasn't dip. smashed me. Put it that way. <laughs> who would? And who would love it? Who would? I reckon... I reckon a certain D wide light would have oh, that, oh, a blast. anyway. Yeah. Denny would have a blast. Denny's yeah. got a heap on me I reckon. He yeah. would too. <laughs> and he would Denny would go there as well. He'd be happy
1: to look forward to taking me down. Yeah, and Denny has got a Denny would have a lot of my history, I reckon. He saw it all from,
3: yeah, right back. He
1: could. I don't wow. know if he would, but he could. He reckon, uh, he saw a lot.
3: I reckon he'd frame himself into the shot as well, Clark. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, cool. yeah,
1: yeah. Denny's, Denny ooh, knows. I'll
3: well, tell
2: much. you what. Denny was a uh, innovator because Denny was the first that I think. Started getting framing himself in the shot. Now, most people do. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm 100 yes. a, a lot of Tronos do it now. Yeah. So, he
3: was he was definitely a pioneer yeah. of that. So, I, I reckon he'd have, he'd have fun, Clark. He'd have fun. He'd, he'd go through he'd the He'd make whole it history. funny, too. Yeah, he oh, was, yeah, he real funny. I'd be, I'd be <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I'd find it really funny. Thanks,
2: boys. <laughs> We'd enjoy it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Everybody else would enjoy We could really have sure. vision to go with it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Danny, that's the problem. Denny would have vision. <laughs> <laughs> Music funny. in the background. It's a, it's a great idea. No,
0: it's not. Yeah, this is your. Lot. I got COVID on the twenty fourth. <laughs> um, uh, video yeah. link. Speaking of putting himself putting himself in shot, is Turbo doing that for round one for Manly against Canterbury?
3: Yeah, it sounds like it, Jared, doesn't it? He's come back from over in the US working with Bill Knowles for a couple of weeks, and and all the noises are positive. I'd be very doubtful if he plays any part in the trial games the next couple of weeks, but. You just want him to be right and ready to go for round one against against the Bulldogs, which will be a huge game to, to kick off the season for both clubs, given the, the changes they've both gone through in the last sort of six months. So, I don't know whether this is the last roll of the dice for him or not. I must have been, I found Anthony Seabold's defence of him in the press conference the other day about some comments that Peter Peters made on, on this station, actually, going back a few weeks. Quite interesting. And, and, and no doubt, Seabold's got every right to defend his player. But I tell you what, you've got to be careful about how you deal with a lot of the politics at Manly at the moment. So... I think Tommy's making the right noise. I still think it's the right thing for him to, to play fullback. I, I don't have any issue with him playing fullback. That's his best position. But at what stage was, does it become a discussion whether if he can't hold up to this, is, does he play move to the centres again and play potentially the rest of his career at the centres? That, that's the question I suppose they've got to ask.
2: Yeah, I, I think at this stage it's too early because he you know, got through uh, last year. Well, got through last year. It happened in the... the uh, end of last season and pre-season for this year. But, you know, he missed last year with a shoulder operation. So I I think you've just got to suck it and see. You've just got to give him the opportunity to, which he has done, gone overseas, come back, reconditioned his body, get him out there playing and see how he handles it. I, I think like anyone, anyone can go through a period of injury, 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 and you can do it for two or three years. Then you get a run of three or four years where you don't miss a game. This could mm. be Tommy's
1: next phase. So what about Tedesco? Tedesco at the Tigers. No, yeah. I think it was at the Tigers, or we just went to the Roosters. I yeah. can't remember, but he had—I think he had two seasons where he was injured a hell of well, a I lot. Of time. I
2: had four years where I, my hemi would go. Yeah, four years, and then now Tedesco's got game. I, but it was always in the back of my mind. But yeah. I, I never tore my hamstring once. Yeah after it but I had a lot of issue with my Hemi. Yeah.
3: How do you fix that loss? Like how did you fix it for the back end of your career where you didn't have any issues? That's that's I suppose the question because most people would say I got more diligent
2: in how I used to prepare.
3: Yeah. I I mean
2: when I was younger I never had an issue with my hemi, so I didn't do a lot of extras, I didn't do a lot of stretching, I didn't do a lot of rehab or prehab, as they call it these days, where Mm you you you, you, you work out before as you, well. you train. So yeah, and I think with all well everything at their disposal these days, they've got, you know, physios and trainers mm. that put in the extra work and they're more knowledgeable on how to look after their body. So it takes you time,
1: Adam, as yeah. well, to learn about your own body, body yeah. like to mm-hmm. work out when you can put – Like it, Tommy will get to a stage now where there will be certain games where – like you see coaches drag blokes off because they don't need to be out there or you've already won the game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. if Tommy's on the field, he'll, now, he'll continue to learn pull back, I'm not required here, versus up the ante a bit. Like you just learn when to challenge your body. The biggest thing
2: for me was just mentally.
3: Right.
2: And it wasn't until yeah. you get into a game where you don't think about it. But your first few weeks of the season, when yeah. you're coming back from a hamstring, it's always in the back of your yeah. mind. Always in your back yeah. of your mind. And then once it's... you get through a few games, then you start to not think about it.
3: I think a lot of this has been mental for him as well, Lars, because a, just chatting to a few people around Manly, so towards the back end of last year, he was genuinely shattered when he when he did it just for Christmas last year. Yeah. Uh, and I think part of this over to the US to try and restore him mentally as much as anything to give him that confidence again to be able to release and, and, and run freely and not have to, not try to worry about it too much mm-hmm. so hopefully Bill Niles has not only worked on his body but he's also worked on his mind in these last couple of weeks and we, yeah. we can see him back I it might be too simplistic to say this but if he plays 18 20, 22 games this year I think mainly are a top 18 but if he doesn't no. I, again I struggle to see him yeah. making the top eight yeah
2: yeah, yeah. now that's a fair call I, I, yeah. I used to go in the dressing shed an hour and a half before the game. And I'd be stretching. I'd be just stretching, stretching, stretching. And I had a heap of hamstring trouble. Yet a bloke like Brett Mullins would walk in five minutes before warm up and just throw his boots on and bend his back a little bit and a couple of toe touches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just go out there and break yeah, it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and and was that fast? And you just go, mate. How do you do that? Oh, I've got to do this. But that's just different body shapes and born differently and. People handle it differently,
1: and I never seen Warney once do a warm up seriously, mate. We would be doing the stretches and the leg sweep, mate. Warney's Harvey Norman. He's talking to someone in the crowd. Could not care less. I guess no he was hot shower in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> hot shower was his warm up, and then he'd have to chase one from sleep. He'd been standing still all day. Sprint to the boundary to chase one, and Warney's running technique was so bad. But, it, 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 uh, mate, like just different body put a footy in his hand, he'd do yeah. hundred hundreds, Like, just sprint away with an AFL ball in his hand, but refuse to stretch, refuse to warm up. Just everyone's different, yeah. aren't they?
0: They certainly are. Uh, now, the Sharks, everything went right for them last year, Adam, until they mm. got to the finals and went out in straight sets, but overall had a, you know, a really good season. But uh, they've had some issues this week in losing... Kade uh, Dykes, the young 21-year-old with an ACL, I see they've signed somewhat of a replacement uh, from the Sunshine Coast Falcons in Daniel mm. Atkinson, but uh, uh, they're going to be a lot of pressure on their incumbent fullback.
3: Yeah, I think it's a real concern for them, Jerry. To be fair, uh, Will Kennedy, I think, did a really good job last year. It's probably his best year in NRL, but he he did spend a fair bit of time out of out of the top grade with injuries, particularly that like shoulder towards the back end of last year, and. The timing's just horrible, isn't it? I, I think they probably did the right thing with Lachlan Miller. You, it's very hard to stand in the bloke's way when he's been offered a, a chance to play regular first grade at Newcastle and given he's probably going to be a second or third string uh, at the Sharks. And given at what stage of his career he's at, he's sort of getting to his late 20s. He's got a family to support. The money was going to be much better up there in Newcastle with a longer-term deal. I think they did it out of the, probably the goodness of their heart and literally within 24 hours, has come back to bite them on the bum with Kay Dice going down with his ACL. So... From the limited stuff we saw from Kay Dykes last year, I thought he was a real prospect for them. He potentially could be their long-term fullback and overtake Will Kennedy in the next 12 to 24 months. But, geez, that's a, that's a massive blow for them. And, and you're right, Jordan, what you say. They they handled themselves really well last year. didn't have a whole lot of long-term injuries, I didn't think. They, they. Obviously, Nico Hines was crucial to them last year, playing the majority of the year. Matt Moylan played a lot of footy last year. Blake Braley, I think, is an outstanding young player. He's very durable in a, in a few years. We've sent him in first grade, but... Without the backup to Will Kennedy, it's probably going to be an issue for Craig Fitzgibbon at some stage. I still think they're definitely a top eight team this year, the Sharks, from what we saw last year. But depth might just hurt them a little bit in, in some key positions if they get a couple of bad injuries. Um, and no doubt the timing of this situation with Lachlan Miller was just really unfortunate. Just on that,
2: Adam, how does the salary cap work there? So, so if you've got a guy that in your top 30 goes down injured, mm. obviously you can get a replacement and bring him in. But what type of money can you spend on a replacement? Because we've had text messages here this morning saying, what about Roger Tulvash's Sheck? Why wouldn't they go and approach him?
3: Yeah, they could potentially. There's, there's no doubt. They've got to have a spot left on their roster. They'll get no dispensation for an injury like Kate likes It needs to be in a representative game nice. or something like that for them, for them to get dispensation. So as it stands at the moment, it's just unlucky. They're going to have to soak up his salary this year and soak up that spot. But if they've got money left, there's no doubt they can approach someone. The other issue, I suppose, with... Trying to get someone like a Roger to have asked a check is that the NRL will want to make sure that he's paid you know, market value. So whatever contract any club wants to try and sign him for, registering for, you can't, you're not going to be able to sign him for 150 dollars or 200 dollars because the NRL just won't cop that. They'll, they'll obviously have to look, look over the contract and say, you need to put a fair value next to his name. And that was probably similar to what happened with um, Matt Lodge last year, if you remember, boys. He left the, left the Warriors and then went to the Roosters, and the NRL had to sign off on that contract and make sure the Roosters are paying him a certain amount of money that they thought was a fair value. Uh, for his standing in the game, so I suppose they've got a little bit of maybe a little bit of wiggle room. The Sharks are trying, trying to try and do something, but maybe not a lot of money. So that that might be the issue. So late in the piece before the start of the season, so I imagine they're going to struggle to try and get anyone high profile at this stage, and might just have to make do with what they've got.
0: Uh, now, Mitch Moses stays at Parramatta. Uh,
3: I think so, Jared. I think so at this stage. I, I actually went to the. Um, Parramatta season launch last night. They had their season launch last night and just went along to that. Mish Moses was there, but I heard Brad Arthur speaking. The, there wasn't too much chatter about his future, obviously. They're still keeping that very quiet. I think, well, he's going to make a call in the next few weeks. I don't think he's going to let it go until round one or anything like that and wait till the start of the season. when six weeks in and he still hasn't made a call. And there's no doubt I think Parramatta will concede that the Tigers have got more money. They, they, they can't probably match them financially, but it's just a matter of whether he wants to stay at Parramatta and and keep forming that partnership with, with Dylan Brown in the, in the halves and try to potentially win a premiership. But one thing I I did find interesting last night was there was a lot of talk about Trent Barrett doing his work out there with Brad Arthur at the Eels and working very, very closely with Mitch Moses and, and Dylan Brown in the halves. And one thing that Brad Arthur did say on stage last night, and Mitch even mentioned it himself, was that they're trying to get him on the ball a lot more this year and playing, getting, get, having a lot more touches. And I, I thought last year was probably a pretty dominant half, to be fair, but it seems like this year they're going to step it up a notch and might even play you know, both sides of the ruck. So that's something that Baz has been working on with him in the last couple of months uh, to try and get him right. I, I, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. I don't think Dylan Brown's going to feature too much in the trial games from what a lot of the chatter there last night. He had a bit of a mishap when he was on, on holidays in the off-season, so uh, a bit of an infection in his arm and a clot. So I wouldn't expect to see him being rolled out in the first trial or the second trial potentially, and he'll just be ready for, for round one. So... Yeah, very interesting times out there for Mitch Moses. I think he's probably favourite to stay at Parramatta at the moment, but I don't think the Tigers are out of the race yet.
2: And I reckon the Dragons, to have a good year, everything needs to go right for them. But it hasn't Mm. been the case so far. No. They had Jack Bird getting injured yesterday or the the day before. He needs a a knee cleaner and possibly won't miss the start of the season because Mm. they've got that bye in round one. But what's the latest with him and, and what's the latest with the Dragons set up as a
4: whole?
3: Yeah, it's not great for Jack Bird. He's going to have that surgery, as you mentioned, Lloyd, today, I think, and he's going to be recovering for the best part of a month or so. He won't be played in the trials. I just wanted to ask you, Loz, just quickly. Like It, it seems like that Anthony Griffin and the Dragons were leaning towards playing Jack Bird at 5'8 for the year, even if Jaden Sullivan or a Moses Embiid were, were available. I, just, I know he's played in so many different positions, Jack Bird, but I just, I just put him in the back row and just let him get comfortable there. That's what I would have thought he's best position would be. It almost seems like it's just a... Well, can I ask you this question, Adam? Mm. Because I've
2: thought about this myself. So, Jack Bird, if you were putting the... uh, or ranking the Dragons players on salary, Mm. would he be in the top five?
3: Oh, he is. Absolutely. He's right up there. So,
2: so I I don't know. And again, I don't know what Jack's best position is, all right? I'm unsure. But just to get to your point, if you're spending a lot of money on someone who is in your top five highest paid players mm. at your club, surely when you buy him, you as a coach or you as a club, you know where you're playing him. Mm. Mm. Like, sh- think- surely that's got to be the case. If you're yeah. paying someone an extremely large amount of money, you know exactly in your mind where you're going to play. And I know there's different circumstances, but that's yeah, one thing I've, I've thought about Clubs at times when they go ahead and spend all this money, I don't know where they're playing the block.
3: Yeah, he, he's been a victim of his own versatility, hasn't he, throughout his career? Because he, he can play anywhere, he can play in halves, he can play centre, he can play back row. That, that's that's fine. We we all know that. But I think you make a very salient point when you're paying him that much money, and, and even when you interview well, just him, even if you're paying someone two fifty, of course, of course. And even when you talk to him and he, throughout his career, he, he even admits himself he doesn't know what his best position is. Like, surely at this stage of his career you've just got to get him settled and just, just put him in the one spot and let him go. And I, I, would, have, I would have thought playing him in the back row would just, he's just got to be it now. And, and, and give Jaden Sullivan a go. Let him go. Let him, let him play. He's, he's potentially your future in the halves and you don't want to hold him back anymore. I know he's had some hamstring problems and I, I get all that. I know there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Dragons in the first six to eight weeks of the year given the situation around the coach and everything like that. But they've, they've got to make a decision and just move forward with Jack Bird, I would have thought. I'd, I'd be playing him in the back row every day of the week. Every day of the week.
0: All right, let's talk some racing. And just before we get your mail, uh, we didn't speak about this earlier in the week, Adam, but uh, the retirement of Hitotsu is such a shame, I reckon. I actually saw a question posed. I saw Racenet pose this. Uh, The retired Galloper we never got to see the best of. And unfortunately, Hitotsu, uh, a dual derby winner, and we know mm-hmm. how difficult that is to do. And uh, remember that win in, in the Australian Guineas as well. We'll go yes. on that list. What a massive shame.
3: It is, Jared, An absolute shame that we haven't seen him as a four-year-old and race on later in his career because what he did as a three-year-old was quite special. And I don't know if you remember, I remember going to the uh, the championships last year for the Australian Derby. And he was he was first up in the Australian Guineas, I think. And he went second up to a mile and a half yeah. in the Derby. And, and it was on a bottomless track as well, a really wet track. And I just thought traditional wheat wisdom tells you this this just can't be done. You can't you can't do this. We know that Kieran Maher is a is a fantastic trainer. He likes to think outside the box. But I just thought this setup is just so strange. Like how's he gonna win this race? And he got into that dogfight, I think with Beno, wasn't it in the Australian Derby and the mini search to outfight him I thought Geez, you're a special horse to be able to do that. And I thought, I can't wait to see him back as a four year old in the spring targeting maybe the Cups or whatever or come back and race in the Queen Elizabeth the next year but Unfortunately, that hasn't been the case. So he'll obviously try and find a home at stud. I'm sure he'll, um, he won't have too many issues there and, and, and serve a lot of mares. But geez, I would have loved to have seen him race on for at least one more year because he could have been anything in his four and five-year-old seasons. I still
0: think Atlantic Jewel's probably the top of my list for that. Although you yeah. could argue we, we may, may have saw the best of it, but gosh, he could have been anything. But anyway, yeah, yeah. that's a great pub argument. What's your best?
3: Yeah, um, I'm going to go early tomorrow, Gerard. there. race one number five, Madeira Sunrise, in the two-year-old race. He was entered for the win stakes last week. Uh, Michael Freeman scratched uh, waited for this race this week it's a lot easier race this week and she trialled behind the f- early favourite Sicilian for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Brighton. I thought she trialled every bit as good if not better and I think at the price with jmac on board she can run really boldly so that's race one number five Madeira Sunrise the best that ran we tomorrow I didn't see you on last night mate I was no, no. Tuned in at seven thirty, yeah. waiting for that tie. <laughs> I was a hit and run last week, and they sent me back to work, work. on the wardrobe. So <laughs> I thought you looked sharp, buddy. Um, no, nah, thanks, Clarky. Glad the, you supported me.
0: Great nomination for someone to interview, Clarky. Oprah. Oh my god. Oprah. On the text line. Oprah. Oh she yeah. in town. <laughs> Get her here for the lunch You too She wouldn't cost much
1: Look at what I've got to deal with out of every Monday to Friday Every Mate, you day You need to be interrogated Listen to it well, What a one Clarky and Oprah They yeah. wonder why I don't want to yeah. see him Friday night Saturday Saturday night yeah. Get me out of here <laughs> The will lie detector test Look at the You know when it goes Listen
3: off <laughs> <laughs> Get tasered <laughs> I got not be electrocuted I reckon <laughs> <laughs> Thank you Adam <laughs>
0: God. <laughs> uh, golf overnight, Saudi International, and uh, the leader is Abraham Anser after the first round. Seven under par, a one-stroke lead. Plenty of Aussies in this fa- field. Andrew Dott, Matt Jones, Lucas Herbert, Mark Leishman, all two under par. So five shots off the pace. Not a happy opening round for Cam Smith. Uh, three over, he shot. Now, in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, over there in the beautiful Monterey Peninsula in California. Chad Ramey, Uh, stacks of Americans at the top of the leaderboard. He's six under par and leads by one stroke. Best of the Aussies so far. Oh, gosh, I've just lost it. Snake Charm, it's Greg Charm, it's three under par. Three shots off the pace as it stands. Deliciously flaky pastry on top of bottom, which is rolled extra thin, a filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. I'm talking about Garlo's pies, the only pies you should be putting on your plate. Garlo's pies are simply bursting with flavour, and there's heaps of flavours to choose from. And here is a thought just take a night off from cooking and grab a Garlo's family pie for the whole crew. They're available in all Coles and Woolworth stores. And remember, we're located in the chilled meals section. If you can't find us, ask for Garlo's pies by name. Gallo's Pies, they're thin on pastry, they're big on meats. Loz, the multi is open. Second up today, what have you got?
2: Uh, This is what we're doing, Bitter. We're going straight to Randwick, and we've got two races at Randwick tomorrow. So first one is race six, number two, Sulcum, to run top two. And then we're going to have to hang around for the last race, ten, number nine, Stromboli, to run top four. And if you'd like to be a part of the BSB multi, that's
0: paying $6 this morning. And $6 tab app, tab website, click on Sport and Today's Offers and give a big cheer tomorrow in the fifth race at Randwick. The congratulations Sam and David handicap over the 1,300 metres, benchmark 78, pretty wild for M. Clark, is the $3.60 current favourite with tab. Race five, number four, barrier seven, James McDonald in the saddle. Chris Wallace said, just needs to get cover. Mm. Gets cover, she'll run well.
1: Keen to get Ali's take as well. Keen, to, keen to see what she thinks. But
0: yeah, look, uh,
1: well, she had a stinker last race. Pretty wild. I think there was some reasons, but I, I, I just think, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how she's going to go. I, I, I'm nervous. Uh, speaking to Chris, I think that the thirteen hundred metres might be a little bit long for her, but. Going on that, he thinks if she gets a bit of that protection, she might yeah. she might do all right. So, I'll, yeah, I, I don't know. I sit there nervously at 2.40 on Saturday. Let me tell you, watch him on television.
0: 20 to 3. Yep, you're right. 20 yep. to 3 tomorrow. Come on, girl. Loz Trackside giving her an extra cheer for yep. us all. Yeah.
2: I'll
1: get out the back and have a look at her. All right, Let's see how she parades. Yeah, let me know if she's dancing. She's spruking. She's if strutting she's, around. If she's up on if her she's toes. She's strutting around. No, no text me. Text me. I'll text I want to know how you're parading by then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, I'll be yeah, if you're starting well. at eleven at two forty. Look, mate, you won't know. You'll be going, yeah, she looks great. Go, mate. That's not pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
2: be George Clooney in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do me. Uh, uh,
0: anyway, um, we've got, uh, and apparently she was there. Uh, with the the horse there yesterday at Randwick, the mechanical horse apparently had the best style of all as well, and the best technique. Ali Mosley, good morning to you.
5: I went too hard too early though. That was the problem, you see.
0: <laughs> well, what well, my mail is, you were by far the best, and uh, this came after, of course, D Stanley. I think he managed to cause a malfunction.
5: I, I said to the. The guy's there. If I'm not feeding Stano, I need to reassess my life choices. <laughs> Seriously.
2: How did he look the big fella when he got got on the horse?
5: Do you know what? He wasn't um, – I, I I was there a bit later, but I saw a lot of videos, and he, he sat all right. It's just the balance is the hardest part, and you forget. Um, it's almost easier when you ride a bit shorter to be able to balance because you can sort of put your heels down in your weight. But yeah. um, even even just moving your hips, sort of riding that short, is tricky. So he rode a little bit longer, which would have been no doubt trickier for the for the um, the old Stano. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, let's talk uh, real racing on the track today. There's a, a twilight meeting on the Kenzo later today there at Ramwick. Is there anything that's caught your eye in that meeting?
5: Yeah, it kind of just snuck up on us, didn't it? Um, It snuck up on me, for sure. Um, There is, actually, and it's in race one, so I'm hoping we can get something early here. So it's in the two-year-old maiden plate, and I do concede that our favourite, Getty, is going to be really, really hard to beat. He was just, we just missed out uh, on the Gold Coast a couple of weeks ago on the Heavy 10. That was one of the races that actually got run before they got called off and uh, changed another day. So I thought um, it was a great run from him, but there's actually a filly in this race, and she's the only other um, of the field who's had a start already, and her name is Sky Artist. She's by Trapeze Artist, and she's got the earmuffs pre-race first time only, so she can get um, a little bit keen, I guess, when she walks around in the yard, but she's resuming off the spell. She's had two really nice trials. She came out and ran in the gym Crack behind Platinum Jubilee and Perfect Proposal on a heavy eight. So I think she'll probably be a little bit better on top of the ground. And she's got that most valuable race experience. And I know with these trapeze artists, what I'm hearing from most of the trainers is that they really develop as they get um, deeper into the prep. So she's had a little break, two trials. And I think at, I think she's about 21 bucks. I think she's so far over the odds.
0: Okay, $23, $4 to play. So a little each-way play there on Sky Artists, race one, Ooh, number 11 yeah, today. I,
2: I like it. Um, Ali, what about Clarky? He's keen to get your thoughts on his girl tomorrow running around in race five pretty wild. What do you think?
5: Oh, I've always liked this. I can't believe you got such a good... Um, I know. I don't know how many races you've gone, Clarkie, but <laughs> you got a pretty Ali. good one early <laughs> on, if, you, if that's the case. To have a... Um, a mare like her running in town pretty consistently, you gotta be you gotta be pleased with that. So what is she about six is she six weeks between runs? She had a little yeah. bit of time or five oh, weeks between. She, yeah, was it, was it that
1: long ago weeks. five weeks to last run yep. and wasn't weeks. wasn't a great one. Mm. So yeah. I'm a bit nervous about the weekend they're gonna ride it back. Yeah. Very different cover yeah,
2: rather than being up on the speed. But she yeah. jumped so well last yeah. time. She had to go. So she sort mm. of
0: had to go and she left yeah. for the first time in her career and as Chris said get her some cover. get some cover, she'll run well.
5: Oh, I think even just giving her the, the month between, obviously was a bit of a gut buster that she had at Randwick that day. So yeah. to give her the month between and, and let her have a bit of a, not a freshen but a, a gap between to, to get herself back together. She's got the right jockey aboard, definitely. Yeah. And often, you know, if James is booked, that means that she's got a chance. That's what you can generally tell. Someone said to me the other day, if James McDonald's on one of our horses first up, you know, we think it's going to win. Okay. So, I think um, that's a big kick <laughs> as well. So crossed. I'm looking forward to seeing nerves. her. Yeah, She's too. a nice, strong, strong mare, too. Yeah. Um, but yes, I do love her. Um, I think there's another that, oh, there's a few, I think t- tomorrow's meeting is going to be one of those where you can find um, some horses with a bit of value. I think it might not be such a favourite stay. So, that's. Hopefully what I've done in a couple of the races and the first of those is Lekvart or Lekvate. I always never quite tell exactly how they say this, but she comes up in race two. So she's actually, I think third or fourth emergency later on in the program. But given that I can't imagine she'll probably get around if she's fourth emergency, they'll step her out here over the mile in race two. Um, she's 750 at the moment. So I think it's a, a nice little each way bet. Things didn't go right for her. Um, she settled further back than I think they'd anticipated and she had an interference at the start and she just was winding up late. So if she can get away clean and stay out of trouble at the 750 quad, I think she's well worth an each-way bet there in race two. So that's Le Cabate. Yep.
0: What's your best?
5: Well, this one's this is tricky because there's a couple that I um, like, but again, I've gone for a bit of value. So the next is race four and that is torpedo Beauty. So I know she she came out and, and everyone saw what she did when she um was able to uh, win a trial, I think, against our then-eventual Melbourne Cup winner yeah. gold trip. So she, um, they sent her to Melbourne, our uh, first start, and she ran at the Valley on a good three, and it just didn't probably quite set up well for her. I don't, I don't probably think that she handled going the Melbourne way. So they brought her back. She had a win at Wagga, a really nice win at Wagga, and I just think this sets up well for her today. And I think she's well over the odds there at 750 in the highway.
0: Okay. Uh, and what are your thoughts on the feature, the Eskimo Prince with Aft Cabin returning to the races?
5: So uh, he's obviously the, the class horse of the field. And, I'd you know, you'd imagine that he, he should win on ability, but my probably only query with him is that they, and, and again, Godolphin wouldn't run him if they weren't 100% certain um of his, um, I guess, as his health coming back. But I just think he's only had the one trial coming into this. So I wonder whether he could just be, and he could just win on ability, but he could be maybe a little bit soft. So I wouldn't take the even money about him, which could be silly. Everyone else is. But I'm actually going with Sir Jardin here, Um, who's come back now. As a three-year-old, I had a chat to Gary Portelli at track work on Tuesday morning, and he was so pleased with him. He said, he's just always been such a consistent horse, um, he's come, as I said, he has come back as a three-year-old. He had a track gallop last week between races with his stablemate above and beyond who was sort of a bit a bit of a um, sparring partner with him there. Um, they chucked him in and he then came out and ran second over 1,900 in town uh, a couple of days ago. So, And Fajardin just worked off him in cruise time. So I loved his piece of work. Gary's, Gary's pleased with him. So at $12, that's who I'm with,
0: okay. okay, I'm going to read your tips out. Let me know if I've... Left anything out? So Ali likes today at the Kenzo meeting at Ramwick, uh, race one number eleven Sky Artist each way twenty three dollars the win four dollars the place. And tomorrow she likes race two number five Leckvart seven dollars the win two twenty the place. Also likes race four number fourteen Sepedo Beauty seven fifty to win two sixty the place. And in the feature the Eskimo Prince taking on the favourite. Race 8, number one, Sajardin, which is $11 with Tab and two fifty The Place. Sound all right, Ali?
5: Yep. I've had a big throw at the stumps this week. Yes, <laughs> we
0: love it. <laughs> Having uh, a crack. That's what we like. You have a great weekend.
5: Thanks, guys.
0: We're going to get Brad Davidson's mail shortly. Uh, just seeing over in the States, we spoke to Ben Damon from Main Event yesterday. You should hear these two talking about their uh, fitness sessions. By the way, I mean seriously. helping him out, I'm just helping Uncle Lozar out. These two. I mean, he's got a little technique for mm, him that I've learned two. recently. Go and do the Hawaiian Iron Man, you two.
1: No, nah, see. We're not that. We're not. We're not professional no, athletes. I we just... just. We just want to try and stay fit enough and healthy enough yeah. to be able to live the life we want. And that is on Fridays, <laughs> go and drink as much <laughs> as we want. On Saturdays, eat whatever we want. Mm. Sunday, recover. I've just, just got so a go little on. little. Little technique I've learned of late. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's helped you. me lose. So I want to shred. Yeah. Just lose a little bit. You know how we get it around the tummy? Yeah, it's all diet. Yeah. Well, it is, it but when we haven't yeah. got that discipline. We do like a drink and, and we I've like I've never
2: tried your theory, yeah. so I'm going to try just that today. Give it,
1: but you got to give it maybe four weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, two weeks. Mm. So the theory is in between, instead of resting in between the sets, <laughs> yep. do a little do cardio, cardio for a minute. Yeah. So like a, a yeah. row for yes. a minute.
1: Yes, what you're trying to do is keep that heart rate up. So you're doing... Let's say you're doing... um, Let's say you're doing legs, right? Leg weights. You might... You'll do a squat. Let's say you do 15 reps of your squat and then you'll do a deadlift, 15 reps of that. And then you go and do a little 30 seconds or one minute as hard as you can cardio here. And then jump back in. That's your first set. If you do three sets, if you do five sets, whatever you want to do. But that's your first set. So just add... A little tiny little cardio hit in to your weight sessions, get the heart rate right up, you're burning fat the entire time. I
0: just had this visual of you in those infomercials. Oh, yeah, you know I can sell. I'll
1: sell yeah. a vacuum cleaner. Mm. I'll sell the Shemwow. Remember <laughs> the, the Shemwow? <Shop> <laughs> Is that what it's
0: called? Tim Shaw from mm. Demtel. Don't know, mate. Is he still around? How good's
1: the Shemwow? Oh. Oh. Larry Amda, Channel 7. On what, What's Lazar's show?
0: Morning Show. Morning, Morning show.
1: show. They they still yeah. sell the Shemwow. I'm Sounds a big fan. Shemwow. Yeah. Shemwow. Mate, can. Dry the dishes, <laughs> do everything, uh, sort can, the car out. Yep, you name it. Sweat in the gym. Steak you, take, you can take this Shamwell to the gym if you like. It's, it's it's a it's a one stop nah. shop. The Shamwell.
0: We've yeah. got a boxing controversy. Would you believe? Oh, shock Boy. me. Uh, ben Damon, who we spoke to yesterday, is covering this fight, uh, which is going to be on tomorrow. By the way, it's tomorrow. Liam Wilson up against Emmanuel Navarrete, and. Uh, and he's just tweeted, after weighing only 126.3 pounds, Liam Wilson has claimed the official scales have been tampered with to allow Navarrete to make weight. Wilson says he checked his weight on the same scales 20 minutes earlier and was just under 130 pounds. So a bit of drama wow. there at the weigh-in. Wow. The market with Tab has Wilson $7.50, rank outsider, Navarrete dollar. So he
2: weighed himself on the same scales. 20 minutes earlier. And he so came
0: yep. in at what? Just under 130. And and that is weighed only 126.3. Did he go to the toilet?
1: So three, what's he lost? Nearly four pounds. In less than 20 minutes. Yeah, something's not right there. Did he have his shoes on? Mm. First weigh-in. Some, something's, something's not right there. Something's going to miss.
4: Mm.
0: Uh, Brad Davidson,
4: good morning to you. Yeah, morning, fellas. Uh, thanks for that. I just had a couple of images go through my head. One of Loz uh, doing star jumps <laughs> and one of uh, Clarky doing an infomercial. You've got a door, you've got a gym. <laughs> yeah,
1: Dave, it's Friday. You know, throw it, the cardio in, Dave. we Davo. get a bit loose on Friday no. in here, Dave. Well, Dave
4: doesn't
2: need to throw the cardio in Davo because there's needs, nothing of him. Nah, Dave yeah, needs he, to
1: put weight on. Yeah, while we go to the gym, Dave needs yeah. to eat. You, you could do with an extra 20 kilos. <laughs> Take some of mine and Loz's, <laughs>
4: Daveo, please. I'm just recovering from my first gym session in about six years on Tuesday. I'm
0: still struggling.
4: But uh, no, nah, nah, you're right. I, I need to put on some muscle if I can. You'll get there easy.
0: Well, let's find some muscle in the wallet tomorrow and uh, the Eskimo Prince. Uh, what do you like in the feature? Ali just before was taking on Aft Cabin with Sajardin. What do you like in the race?
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take on the favourite as well, guys. I think he's a bit too short. I can see he's a nice horse, but you know, 1,200 metres, firm ram, wheat, uh, and he was a little bit slow out in that recent trial as well, so i 'm um, just not one hundred percent convinced with him i 'd be leaning either Zoo Tiger or Ozapenko. I think they're the other two zoo Tigers going to roll forward. you would think get a pretty soft lead with Tommy Mark on there, who of course is back in town for about an, i think' it's about an eight week stint in Sydney. so he 'll be well received from punters around the nation and um, look, I think Ozapenko if they 're if they're aggressive from the low drawing hunt. Park midfield. I think it'd be very hard to hold out late here. I know twelve hundred short of his best, and Chris Wallace said that that yesterday in his preview video that he thinks twelve hundred is a bit short, and I agree with him there. But uh, if he can just hold a spot early, it wouldn't be surprised if he if he out sprints late here. He's, he's just got that nice turn of speed. He should have won a Hill Guineas if he drew a barrier, and I thought his recent trial was just as good as Zoo Tigers, if not better. So. Uh, he's the value in the race for me around that $8 mark. But, um, yeah, Zoo Tiger is going to go forward and be hard to beat. But, yeah, I think F. Cabin, if you like him, I just think he's a little bit short. I think he'll drift a bit. And uh, I think there's bigger fish to fry for all of these, but particularly him sort of later on in the prep. There's always
2: theories, Davo, on all different types of horses when they return and when things go wrong. But this one's just come in on the text line. Don't worry about Aft Cabin's fitness. Bleeder's never come back underdone first run. He would have had plenty of work. Do you subscribe to that theory?
4: Yeah, definitely. They they did get him a lot fitter first up because, you know, you want to make sure the horse is, is well and ready to go. But uh, I still think that, yeah, it's just you're not getting you're not getting any value at that price anyway. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, he's looked good, but he hasn't really done anything either yet. You know, he's run second at Jack and O. Um, but third that day was a horse that was just going fairly and then he's come out and, and won the, the prelude but it was a wet track. Um, Ozopenko was in the race that day, didn't handle it at all and, and oh, the overall time was nothing flash. so he won by a big space but I just think there's not, a, there's not as big a gap between these three-year-olds racing on Saturday as the market's got it so I um, wouldn't be surprised if one of those other two can topple him that's for sure.
2: Which can't be in tomorrow in the Solcombe and Banjo uh, Banjo
4: yeah, look, it's always that time of the year where you're trying to sort of assess up-and-going horse versus classier horses resuming. Um, but I'm going to go with Banjo. I just hope they ride him for speed tomorrow and use that low weight. Um, they've got to ride him out in front, get him get him rolling along and catching for Ken style tactics because he's got no weight on his back and make them chase and make them do the work first up and have to run him down. That's the key. Not, not a sit and sprint. Um, make it a bit of a... Bit of a test and, and use that lightweight. So hopefully they do that on Banju. But I'm um, within there tomorrow. I think they went up second favourite, him and Sulcom favourite, which I thought was wrong. That's readjusted now, and I think he will start a, a well back favourite. But Sulcom Chris Waller gave him a pretty good push in his preview there yesterday. Thinks he'll be charging home late. Obviously, the 1600 short of his best, but um, his class might be able to get him home. He looks like a pretty serious racehorse.
0: So, what are your best bets? I'm guessing is one of them.
4: Yeah, race six, number six, Banju, there uh, tomorrow. I, I don't mind one on the Kensington track today, race three, number one, Associate. Takes on Cool Die. They're two pretty progressive horses, but I just thought uh, he was the one that comes out of a pretty good effort at the same track and distance behind Straight Acer on debut. That horse has gone to Saturday grade and been really competitive, and... Um, I like his trial sense as well,
0: so I thought he could sit just behind the speed and be hard to hold out late race. I guess race three number one associate. Okay, race three number one today on the Kenzo and race six number six on the course proper there at Raw Ranwick tomorrow, Banjo. Dave Oak, go and have a great weekend. You too, guys. Have a good one. We'll talk uh, next week.